0: well, we are trusting you had a great time in worship so far. And and, and there just, there's just something powerful of coming into God's presence in worship, in prayer. And now we're going to come into his presence and allow his words to, to have an impact in our life. And today what we're doing is we're actually beginning a brand new series. We just finished... Um, a series regarding the Holy Spirit, and I really hope it made an impact in your life. Hopefully, you learned something. Hopefully, your perspective and your idea of the Spirit um, grew and was was enlarged by that time that we had. And just don't forget what we learned about the Spirit and allowing Him to be part of your life. Because as we learned last week, Without the Spirit, there is no life. And if you want to experience life, a robust life, a full life, um, a blessed life like God promises promises us, we need the Spirit. Because it says, apart from the Spirit, there is no life. So remember that as we go into this new series, where I know that the Spirit will definitely work in in our hearts here. Today, and we're beginning this brand new journey, and we've entitled this series, A Way Out. A Way Out. And this is something that's just been deeply placed on my heart, and it's really what the topic and the issue that we're going to be looking at is really, it's something we all deal with every single day. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your experience, your cultural background. nothing. This is something we all have in common. And lately I've just, I've strongly have felt this urge of needing to really equip us and prepare us for battle for some of the stuff um, that we've been looking at recently, like the Holy Spirit, like um, the battle that goes on in our minds. And then now this series that we're going to be looking at, which we're going to be spending the next four weeks, and we're going to be discussing temptation, temptation, And this is something that I firmly believe will prepare us because this is something that we all battle with. This is something we all struggle with on a daily basis. And I firmly believe with all of my heart that there are those of you who on the other side of this series, you will be significantly different. I believe that. That you will be free of some things that have held you bondage for years or maybe even decades we're going to discover during this journey that God is faithful. And sometimes we forget that, and we're going to be reminded that our God is faithful. And no matter where you're trapped, no matter where you're struggling, it could be something big that you've maybe never told anyone, and you're the only one that knows about it. It could be something that everyone knows about. and It's just, it's just annoying you that you're still struggling with it, and people know about it. But we're going to learn and we're going to be reminded about God's promise that God always, 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 always gives us a way out. Everybody at one level or another has had something in their life that is consistently there that should not be there. I don't know what it would be for you. I really don't. It could be a substance, substance problem and issue that you're dealing with, with alcohol or drugs. Or pills. It could be that you just lie all the time and you don't know why you just told that lie you just told. It could be eating issues for you. It could be a spending issue that you're just in this massive debt and the way you think to get out of it is to spend more. And that's what you're struggling with. It could be gambling. As innocent as it could seem, it could even be your phone. Your phone. But I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what it could be for you. But I venture to say this, that every one of us has something that should not be there in our life, that's taking up space, that's taking up time, that's taking up struggle and stress and worry. So I want us to go directly into God's word to speak on this, and we're going to be looking at this text, and this is going to be our our foundational text over the next four weeks, and it's found in First Corinthians ten. But before we open up God's word and look at this, let's just take an opportunity to pray. Our heavenly Father, it is so good to be in your presence. It is so good to know that we have the confidence and the ability to come to you. But more importantly, there's the availability of you. That there's never going to be a busy signal. There's never, we're going, never going to find a sign that says, closed, or just wait, I'll be back in 10 minutes. But Lord, you make yourself available every second, every moment of every day. And Lord, I pray And we don't take advantage of that. And we don't forget that. And you desire us to come into your presence. Because without coming into your presence, we can't get close to you. And without getting close to you, we won't understand the blessings and the resources and the tools that you've given us. One we've just learned about as your spirit who dwells within us. But Lord, we want to pray for some of these people that we've we've mentioned here today, we want to pray for all the people that are going through some sort of recovery or some sort of a a health journey. Lord, lift them up, we pray right now. Whatever journey that they're going through, let them experience you in a real and mighty way. Where patience is needed, Lord, we ask that you grant patience. Where perseverance and endurance is needed, because it seems like the process is just taking forever, we ask that you grant them that where healing and strengthening of the body needs to be, Lord, we ask that you will touch them with your, with your hands and just allow the, your healing power to surge through their body. For those that are going in for some sort of a procedure or surgeries, Lord, or tests, we lift them up. We let them walk into those appointments with confidence, knowing that you've gone before them, knowing that you are there with them, And we think of Carol's son. Just be with him as he goes in for this surgery tomorrow. Let him experience the peace and the love that comes from you. And we just pray for the doctors and everyone that will be there. We pray for no complications during. We pray that there be no complications after. But Lord, it will be a good, solid medical procedure that will help him in the journey that he's on. Lord, as we open up your word here today, we invite and we welcome your spirit in us and amongst us here today. We want to grow. We want to learn. We want to be strengthened for the journey ahead. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And it's starting in verse 12 and 13. And and to be honest, I'm a little bit biased because this is one of the first big passages, if you want to call it that. It's two verses, but at that age it was big, that I memorized. And and I remember memorizing this on my missions trip and and stuff like that because, um, I don't know, I was a little competitive, maybe still am a little bit, but we were all given these small little cards and all the other ones were like one, one sentence or a few words or, or something like this. But this filled this whole little card. So there was that challenge like no one else was doing it. No one else could get it in their head and, and say it out loud. And so my goal was I'm going to be the one on my team that memorizes this first. Because there was, a, there was actually a, a memorization contest later on and used these memory verses and these other things that they had us to learn as well. So I'm a little bit biased, but you know what? This is a promise that I've held on to dearly. I'm I'm going to be honest. I haven't lived this promise out as much as I would want to be, if I'm being honest. Um, But there's so much assurance. There's so much comfort and strength in this verse and in this promise. So if you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 12, this is what we read. So, If you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, it says, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. What an amazing passage, right? What an amazing promise with this daily, sometimes moment-by-moment struggle that we all deal with with temptation. What I hope you understand is this, that every single time there is a temptation that you face, there is always a way out. Always a way out. Every single time that you are tempted, that you are tempted to do something that would be harmful to you or maybe others or or will actually hurt the very heart of god there is always 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 a way out that you don't have to pursue that temptation you don't have to act on that temptation that every time we are presented with some sort of temptation god promises right here that he will always always provide a way out so that you won't have to go through that so you don't have to do something that might hurt you or hurt others or even hurt your relationship with God. So let just let me quickly give you an idea of where we're going here in this series. Today, is going to be simple. We're going to build a foundation here today to build upon for the weeks to come. Next week, what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at resisting. Resisting. And we're going to find scripture and how we can do our part to put up a wall against the attacks of the enemy. We're going to be asking ourselves next week things like, why in the world would we ever resist a temptation tomorrow that we have the power to eliminate today? We're going to do everything possible to put distance between us and that which harms us. That's next week. Week three. We're going massively spiritual. And we just came out of a mass of spiritual teaching, talking with the Holy Spirit, and we're going to slightly extend that into this series and we're going to look at the power of the Spirit that enables you, that enables me to overcome things that your mind thinks and tells you that you cannot overcome. And in the last week, week four, we're going to look at what happens to all this. What, we're going to look at this idea and this thought that what you feed grows, but what you starve dies. We're going to look at three things that every follower of Jesus needs to do to feed their spirit so that their spirit becomes greater than their flesh. That's what we're gonna look at the last week here. We're gonna look at God's word and we're gonna let his power help set us free because whenever you are tempted, we are just told and we are just reminded that God is faithful, that he will always, 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 always give you a way out so you can endure it, so you can stand up under it. And I believe, firmly I believe, that God is going to set people free during this series. And it just might be you that he's going to set free. So we really hope that you join us over these next several weeks and allow the Spirit to move in you, to work in you, and to set you free. So, what is temptation? We're going to be looking at this for the next four weeks. So let's start simple. Let's start right off the bat, right the basics. What is temptation? There are many definitions of temptation, Elder, but this is the one that we're going to work with. So, what is temptation? A simple definition is this temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. Let me say that again. Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. So what happens? Well scientists will actually tell us that that when you give in to whatever this temptation is, oftentimes your brain will release a dose of what dopamine we just learned about that as we talked about uh, our minds and how we can, win the battle in our minds. There's this release of dopamine. There's that thrill, that buzz, that high. There's the, I'm satisfied with this, but then quickly, what is it all followed by? Man, I shouldn't have done that. Man, I just feel so bad now. The guilt, the regret, and the shame, and many of us know that cycle all too well, right? The temptation comes, we indulge it we we get that dopamine release that hide that buzz and like yeah this was good and then it's followed by man i don't feel so good anymore and then it, and that follows by guilt regret and shame and then it's kind of like the shampoo thing you know um repeat at step one and you go through it all again so what is temptation it's anything anything that promises satisfaction It will tell you, you'll like this, or you need this, or you want this. Anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. So as we build a foundation today that is necessary to build upon in the weeks to come, we're going to keep it simple. And we're going to talk about four truths about temptation here today to get us going. So are you ready? All right, let's do this. So first truth is this. It's not sin to be tempted. It's not sin to be tempted. Trust me, I get this a lot. I, I have this conversation a lot. People, we think that if we're tempted, man, we feel guilty. We feel shame. We feel dirty. And I was asked, I said, well, did you enact on it? Act on it? Well, well no. Then why are you feeling that? Temptation is not sin. If you don't believe me, Hebrews, chapter 4 verse 15 tells us that just because you're being tempted does not mean that you're sinning it says this for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses but we have one talking about Jesus Christ who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not what sin so in other words what this is saying from Hebrews, is that Jesus was tempted just like you are, just like I am every single day. But being tempted is not the same thing as actually sinning. And we have to understand that. We truly have to understand that. We have to, we have to grasp that understanding. You have to understand this because our spiritual enemy, he will use this false guilt. You know how you feel guilt because you, just because you get tempted? And you have that false guilt to make you feel guilty when you shouldn't be feeling guilty. You shouldn't be feeling regret. You shouldn't be feeling shame. You shouldn't be feeling guilty just when you're being tempted. Yeah, those are valuable emotions if you sin and you act on it and you disobey God. Temptation is not sin. Because when we do feel that, that false guilt, what do we often do with that feeling of guiltiness. We medicate our guilt with sin, don't we? We medicate our guilt with sin. Well, I already feel bad, is what we were thinking. So I might as well just do some, I might as well just do more. But don't let that false guilt bring something on you that should not be there. Truth number one is what? It's not a sin to be tempted. Write that down. Memorize it put it somewhere, remind yourself of that because too many of us think that and have those feelings just because we're tempted. Truth number two, you are never above temptation. That's truth number two. You are never, ever above temptation. And I don't care who you are. I really don't. You are not above temptation temptation. As a reminder, 1 Corinthians, back to our passage, verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 12. It says, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Let me just get up all in your business right now because that's what I do every now and then. If you are thinking this type of thought, if you have this type of mentality, well, I'm so glad so-and-so is hearing this. They need to hear this. I'm going to send the link to so-and-so because they need to hear this. You know, I don't need it. They do. Or you might be thinking, man, I'm glad I got someone who's sitting right here beside me who needs, to, needs this. If that's you. I want you to be very careful very careful. Because anytime you think, that's not me, I'm above that. I would never do that. Understand this. Our spiritual enemy will come at you, at your weaknesses. We know that. And he will also come at you at your strengths, if you're overconfident. And Lisa at times reminds me, you know, you know, you aren't above that. And... And sometimes, you know, I would fight her on that, but as I get older, hopefully wiser, um, I realize I'm not above temptation. And I need to be aware of that, and I need to put the proper boundaries and protections in my own life and my own heart. How often do we hear or we see that great family guy? You know, it's like, oh, man, he loves his wife. He loves his kids. He's such a family guy. Man, I wish... My husband was like that, or whatever. They left their family, but they end up doing something stupid. What happened in those situations? More times than not, he was probably overconfident in his strengths. I'll never do that. I would never cheat on my wife. I would never allow another woman to get involved physically, emotionally, whatever. He's probably overconfident in his strengths thinking it will never happen to me. That's not me. That's someone else. Satan will come at you at your weaknesses, but know this, he will also come at you at your strengths. When you're feeling overconfident, when you're thinking, eh, I don't need to listen to this four weeks of temptation. I got this in the bag. I'm strong enough. I don't need this. Watch out and be careful. Never, ever, 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 ever think that you are above this because you're not. None of us are. So we're going to guard against self-confidence because our hearts, Scripture reminds us, are what? It's our deceitful above all things. That's how the Scripture describes our heart, deceitful. We never know when we'll be vulnerable. We have no idea what we are capable of. Any single one of us is capable of the grossest sin given the right environment. We are not above temptation. You need to understand that. You need to hold on to that. If that's your mindset, you need to change it quickly because we're even given a warning here in this passage of being careful of that. So know that you are not above temptation. That sin is That being tempted is not a sin. It's not a sin if you're being tempted. The third truth that we want to understand here today as we venture into this topic of temptation, is this: God will never tempt you. He won't. God will never tempt you. Now, God will test you, but he will never tempt you. And there is a big difference between the two. Think about that, that word, test or tempt, why do you test someone? Think about um, your time in school. When we go through school, we experience lots of tests. As teachers, you, were, you administered lots of tests. Why do, why do we get tested in school? Think about it for a moment. We are tested so we can be promoted to the next grade. We are tested so we can move forward. That's why. God will test you but he will never tempt you. See, God tests you to move you forward in your life. Satan tempts you to move you backwards in life. See the difference? There is a huge difference. So God's not going to put temptation to sin in front of you, but God will test you. You know, are you going to be obedient in this? Are you going to be faithful in this area? That's a test. It's not a temptation. And we find this being discussed in the book of James. And and we find this in James chapter 1. We see this being kind of discussed about temptation and and where does it come from, you know, and, and things like that. James 1, verse 13, this is what we're being told. And remember, when you are being tempted, it says, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. So if you didn't believe me, you have to believe James. This is the word of God inspired by the Spirit. So where does temptation come from? If God's not tempting us, where is temptation coming from? Well, he answers that question. Verse 14, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful action. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Wow. Sounds pretty dramatic, doesn't it? You ask any married couple where someone lets sin in the door and where that sin actually led them to. Sin never, ever makes life better. Sin never makes life better. It always destroys. It always divides. It always kills. That's what sin does in our life. It promises satisfaction, right? That temptation of sin, it always promises that satisfaction. That's why we're so enticed by it, because it just seems so right. It feels right so right. It promises this satisfaction, but it's always at the cost of obedience to God. There's a generation of people, and I'm not saying a certain generation. I'm just saying there is a lot of people in our world who are giving into all of this, and they're saying things like that. It's okay. It's okay if I do this. This is just the way I am. So this is, this is what I, these are the cards I was dealt with. This is just who I am. This is just my one thing. This is just my one thing, you know, like kind of like Paul's thorn in his flesh. This is my one thing. It's no big deal. I, you know, I can't overcome this. So what's the point? It's, it's God that's tempting me in all this. If God wanted me to be closer to him, why would he be putting all this stuff in front of me? Some of these same people will say, well, God just made me this way. So if it's anyone's fault, it's, you know, it's, it's his. This is just how I am. I tried, and I just can't overcome this. And And knowing all that, you know, God understands. God understands all this. And we have a generation of people that that's what their mentality is regarding this. But here's the thing. God is righteous. And through the power of Christ, he calls us to follow him, not by our own power, our own strength, our own will, but he leads us. He leads us into righteousness through his son. God will never tempt you. He will never tempt you. Now, I read this crazy thing. And I don't know if you're going to like this or not. But Martin Luther, if you have any problem, get angry at Martin Luther. He was the father of the Great Reformation, right? And he said this. He said, to be a great theologian, you need three things, he says. And I'll say it this way to relate to us today today. To be close to God today, you need three things. Prayer, meditation, temptation. And you're probably thinking, what? Come again, Bill, did you you make a mistake? Did you misspeak? Did I hear you put temptation with prayer and meditation? That's how we get close to God? To be close to God, you need prayer. Talking to God. You need meditation, hearing from God, and yes, temptation. And in with temptation, you're learning to depend on God. You really want to get close to God? I really hope you do, and hope that's your desire. Every temptation that you experience is actually an invitation to depend on Christ that's really what the temptation is there. It's being presented to us. And really, it's an invitation for us to depend on Christ. Because when you're tempted, remember, it says God is faithful. He will always give you a way out, it says. Every time you are tempted to do whatever is disobedient to God, that is an invitation for you to depend on Christ in that moment. Because in your own fleshy nature, you do not always have the ability to say no to temptation. Remember, you're not above it. You're not stronger than that desire. You can't say no on your own. But too many times we think we have the, the willpower, the, the self-discipline to say no. And maybe you can for a little bit. But you're not going, you might win these small little battles every once in a while, but you're not going to win the war. We need to depend on Christ in those times of temptation. If Luther is correct, and I think he probably is, I'm not going to debate with Luther here, if he is correct, prayer, talking to God, meditation, hearing from God makes us close to God, temptation, learning to depend on him, because every temptation is what? It's an invitation to depend on Christ. God. He will test us, but he never tempts us. Satan, he's the one that tempts us through what? Through our own fleshy desires, as we read in James. He tempts us through our fleshy desires. He knows those fleshy desires, our own evil desires, and we all have them. We all have these fleshy desires. We all have these evil desires within our heart. If you think you don't, then you are way more vulnerable than the person who's honest enough to say, you know what, yeah, I do. I have this fleshy nature, have these fleshy desires, these evil desires. If you think you don't, then you are very vulnerable for a serious fall. So we are finding out that, no, it's not a sin if you're being tempted. We are finding out that no one is above temptation. We are being reminded that God does not tempt, tempt us at all. And the fourth truth that we can learn and understand and grab hold on here today regarding temptation is this, there is always a way out. That's an amazing truth that we need to understand about temptation. There is always a way out. No matter what you're facing right now, what gross sin may be having you hostage, what small annoying thing that everyone seems to know about, There's always a way out. If you don't, if you already have forgotten, let me remind you what our main passage is telling us. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, again, it says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. What will he do? He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, not if, but when, He says he will provide a way out. What will your way out be? What is that way out that they're talking about here? You know what? To be honest, I don't know what that way out for you will look like. But I'm here to tell you this. God does have a way out for you. It may be confessing it. That could be the way out. Because we are reminded in Scripture that whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. But whoever confesses finds what? Finds mercy. We confess to our God for forgiveness. Maybe you need to confess it to someone else. Because we confess to other people for healing. We confess to our God to receive forgiveness. We confess to one another to experience healing. For you, it might be confessing. It might be that you take that big risk and you say to someone that you really trust, say, you know what, I'm going to tell you something I've never told anyone else before. So for some, it might be confessing. For some, it might be just therapy. It's deep. And you've tried on your own and you just need some deep healing. So maybe it's going to be therapy. For some, it might be um, going. It might be accountability. You need someone who will just kick your butt and will love you enough to ask you the hard questions. For some of you, it might be true repentance. And I'm not talking about remorse because there is a huge difference, but I'm talking about true repentance. There is a way out, it could be one of those. But for you, I don't know. But you need to seek God. You need to allow the Spirit to reveal to you what your way out is for whatever it is that you're struggling with and that you need to give up. Here's what you do need to hear here today. If you fall, if you fall, God will pick you up again and will give you a way out again. I, I, because too many times people like say, I tried, I, I slipped, I fell once, that's it, I'm done. No, it's not done. If you fall... And for many of us, it's not if, but when we fall because we, we're going to fall to temptation. Um, but we need to be aware of it. If you fall, God will pick you up again and he will provide a way out for you again. You cannot do this. You cannot overcome this by your own strength, by your own will, but you can overcome all of this because Christ in you is stronger than the wrong desires in you. Did you get that? That you can overcome all this, not by your own willpower, not by your own strength, but Christ in you is stronger than the wrong desires in you. Here's what you need, here's what you need to hear. Again, Christ in you. Not you in you, because you in you will get kicked to the ground and kicked to the curb quick. Christ in you. In you is stronger than the wrong desires that are in you. So, what's temptation? Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. When we are weak, we are vulnerable to give in. The good news in all this is this that also when we are weak, God's strength is made perfect in us. And that is Why every temptation is an invitation for us to depend on Christ. Christ in you is more powerful than any wrong desires in you. And every time you are tempted, God is inviting you to trust in Jesus, who will set you free from all of this. Because of the good news, because the good news is this our God is faithful. When you are tempted, He will always give you a way out. And the way out is through his son, Jesus Christ. And by the grace of Jesus, and by the strength of Jesus, and by the power of Jesus, we can be, what? Set free. So as we go into this journey about temptation, be mindful that your God is faithful, that he loves you, You And because of that, he will always provide a way out. Start looking for the exit signs because they're there. Find where they are and use them and trust in Christ that his strength in you is more powerful than the wrong desires in you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can rely on you, that you can... Give us the provision and the protection that we need and we can find our redemption. We can find our salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray we just, that every temptation that we are faced with, that we are reminded that it's an invitation to depend on you and that we need to depend on you, that we can't do it on our own, that we won't be able to overcome all this with our own strength, our own willpower, our own self control, but Christ in us is way more powerful than any of the wrong desires that are in us. So Lord, as we embrace this journey, as we use it to strengthen us and prepare us for the battles that we face daily, Lord, that you will use this time to set us free and that we can be significantly different because of this. We pray all of this in your precious name. Amen.